Welcome to Reality of the Rose with your host, Natalie Sprink. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 109 of Reality of the Rose. I'm your host, Natalie Sprink. Well, good afternoon, evening. Hello, good morning. Whatever time you're listening to this, um, hi. So we have Mentel All this week, um, but first I want to um, go over a couple things, a little bachelor tea. Um, let's see, last week already, Caitlin and Jason had just announced that they were um, splitting up. I listened to a podcast that she did with uh, her friend Lo, and I just listened to about the first half of it. And not that she reveals anything like deep, dark details of why they broke up, but she is, you know, saying, or at least she said on there, that it truly is just like, basically they did not put each other as priority and that um things just evolved to that and they weren't at a place that they you know them not putting each other as priority just was the demise of their relationship but she um was quick to say how much she love and respects jason as a person still and how they're still gonna co-parent their dogs and see each other a lot and how she hopes that they are still good friends that they can remain good friends and that that she has no idea like you know like in six months maybe they'll be like what did we do or in six months maybe they'll be like this was the best thing um she was definitely not like giving hope that it could possibly not be over but um she's definitely standing by that there was nothing that one or the other of them did wrong or that specifically caused the breakup and you know that they are just remain friends so you know i guess it remains to be seen i still think it's so sad because they seem like so meant to be when they first got together and that it was just like one of these you know like this is who they were waiting for and it seems so uh sort of ironic when they got together and anyway i just thought they had a cute story but you know not every story is meant to be forever so um and then but another piece of big news but this is new news is that nick vial and natalie joy um who got engaged about i don't know a few months ago um announced that they are pregnant um also listened to his podcast where they talked about it a little bit more and they did not specifically say when she's due. Um, but it does seem like just based on the conversation that she's at least three months along. Um, also, um, so, and also it must be that their wedding, they have also have not announced their wedding date or anything, not that they should, but they are saying that the baby will be born by the time the wedding is. So they will have a little baby at their wedding. Um, so yeah, it was a bit, I don't know, it was a bit strange on his, you know, I have like a love hate relationship with Nick. Um, I think he gives great insight on bachelor things. Um, 
although he is very, very set in his opinions. And even though he acts like he welcomes opinions of all, it feels like if they disagree with him, he does everything he can to discount their opinion and give and make sure that his opinion makes the most sense and is the most quote unquote right. Um, like I can get real pissed off when I'm listening to his podcast sometimes because he doesn't let just people have their opinion, uh, especially like his producers, um, and people that are with him on the show. Sometimes he like lets guests, you know, like he'll be like fair, you know, good, nice. Like I, I, uh, I hear you, but a lot of times it's, I hear you, but, and, um, anyway, I getting off on a tangent here, but, um, when he, they announced it, he was like quick to say like, yeah, we like barely tried. Like it was basically the first time we tried. Um, I feel like that, that, I mean, I guess that's fine to say. I just think that that's a sensitive issue for a lot of people and maybe just like leave that out. I don't know that there's any need to act like you know, it almost, it almost came across like, yep, we were like the best at that too. Like, I'm just good at everything. I can just impregnate a woman at my first try. Like, you know, <laughs> um, so I don't know. It was a little cringy, but anyway, they're expecting a baby. Uh, Noah Herb and Abigail Hanger, who um, got together on two episodes or two seasons ago on Bachelor in Paradise, um, the producers basically made them break up because they weren't ready to actually get engaged. Oh my gosh, that's terrible! How could they? How dare they not get engaged after like five weeks? Um, so they made him like break up because heaven forbid you leave like paradise, just dating, you know, heaven forbid, um, remarkably the people that did get engaged on the beach, like are no longer together, but the ones that were actually together, but the producers made break up are all married or engaged. Just funny. Um, so anyway, they officially got engaged and so that was kind of cute and yeah. So I think that's all for the tea. Um, all right, mental all. I honestly think this was one of the best mental alls I've seen in a really long time, which really goes hand in hand. And honestly, I, I, I guess I say in a really long time, so many men tell all or women tell alls are just forgettable because they all kind of seem the same. They all seem like, like yelling matches and that no one can get a word in edgewise. And there seem very produced and very spliced together. And, um, it sometimes they get into or onto topics that extend the show way longer than it needs to be extended. Like maybe they might preview some movie or they might preview the Kardashians or they spend, a an, an, in proportionate amount of time on w one of the hot seats versus another, whatever. Um, this seemed very well put together and edited. Well, I'll go into that a little bit later because there was one part of the editing that I still couldn't stand, but, um, they, it just all seemed sort of regulated in a way that everything seemed like it got even time. Um, so let's get into it and why I thought it was so good and why I liked it. So, um, so they started off with obviously showing the guys and Jesse kind of asks his classic statement of, um, you know, like, what did you think when you first walked out of the limo? Um, the weird guy, Spencer, remember the, like, he was just like 
no one knew if there was like something wrong with him maybe, or if he was just very odd or if he was edited that way, just remember how strange that one guy was. Well, um, he was there. And when, <laughs> when they went through the group of guys and like, Jesse was like, okay. So like announces who's here, he goes Spencer and then blah, blah, blah. But when he said Spencer's name, Spencer looked like, oh, you, you said my name. Why, why are you saying my name? He seemed very confused that his name was being called. I, I don't, again, kind of just coincided with a regular Spencer reaction. It was, it was very weird. But then Jesse asked him if he, um, when he got out of the limo, he was the one that had charity kick him in the balls. And Jesse basically asked him, are you, were you okay with that? And he didn't just like laugh and be like, yeah, I was, you know, sure I was because it was worth it. Like he, he like beat around the bush and walked around the question. And in the end was like, yeah. I really was fine with it. It was just a strange answer. It just went right hand in hand with being on brand for Spencer. Um, we get a recap of the show so far. And then, you know, like, so we, we, okay. This was the part that like, I mean, they had to do it because this was mental all. So I, I'm not going to like criticize the issues that were covered in the mental all, because these were really the only issues as we've talked about on this podcast, this was a really, really good group of guys. And Brayden was like, I believe maybe my all time favorite villain because he was the villain. He was cast as the villain. He was portrayed as a villain, but he was so lovable. And in the end, I believe that all the things he said were probably completely accurate and right. And, um, he added so much to the show. I don't care what you say. If you didn't like him, I liked him. Maybe he um, was a little bit over the top and extra, but I'm not so sure that that's not who Brayden actually just is or what he is like now. Also, after having seen this, um, but that was a good part. So, but of course they had to address the whole um, Brayden controversy and they had to have each just about each individual guy sort of attack him and tell him why he, you know, made it like the Braden show or, um, how he handled it terribly with charity because he, you know, was talked about or behind her back or, um, let her on, so to speak, and didn't leave sooner. Why did he even come on if he didn't think this process was for him? And, um, Brayden just stood by, stood his ground and said that he felt like their realness. He said, I don't, maybe you all were being real. I just felt like I was being real, but maybe it comes down to that. Our realness was just different. Um, because he was trying to say that, like, for instance, I guess it was, um, Adrian, Adrian. I think that was the guy's name. Um, had some criticism for Brayden and he swore he used the word fuck and um he went oh and they beeped him out obviously and then he like covered his mouth and was like oh sorry um Brayden pointed out that look like you just said that but you are changing yourself like if that's just how you talk obviously if the word slipped out of your mouth that easy that's just how you talk so why are you trying to adjust yourself to like meet the demands of being on TV. And I kind of got what he meant by saying that. 
Like I get it. You also have to like, I think it's also a little bit human nature to maybe, you know, not just cuss a blue streak when you're on uh, network television. But anyway, I knew what he was saying. Um, then there was also this conversation about whether he called charity classes or not. And everyone was swearing that he was, and he like jokingly asked Jesse, he goes, did I say it? I never called her classless. Did I Jesse? And Jesse was like, like, I, I don't know. Leave me, <laughs> leave me out of this. I don't know. I wasn't there. And then he asked the audience and a few audience members said yes. And I swear, well, the other funny part about this was that after he was trying to argue that he never actually called her classless, um, Jesse like had to go to commercial break. And when he came back or like when they cut to commercial break, they had this like little PSA announcement up on the screen that said something to the effect of, um, uh, you know, after this segment, we searched for said footage of the word classless to this date, we still cannot find the footage or something like that, which I'm not sure if that's true because I really, really, really feel like I remember him saying, I don't, maybe he didn't say classless, but maybe he said that just lacks class. The ironic part of all of that is that that wasn't Charity's call anyway. He was calling her classless because she kissed Joey for like, whatever, 15 minutes in front of, you know, those other guys. That was not her doing. That was just the date that the freaking producers came up with and she's going to do it. Like, why not? Whatever. And so call the producers classless. It's really not Charity's call. So, um, anyway, uh, so then we come back from that segment and, um, Tanner tried to say that Brayden just got more negative with each single week. And Brayden says, you know what? I thought this was kind of funny. He said, I guess I just have to be more smart. I have to play a game. I have to be manipulative, all of which are true because when it comes down to it, we all know, as we talk about all the time, that this is a game. It's a game. Uh, there is a winner. There are losers. And it depends on how you play the game as to how far you go on the show, yada, yada, yada. But for him to just use that sort of gameplay speech just right there and then leave it in, in the show is impressive. I like that. That's another thing that's a little bit different. I think about this season. Um, they're allowing, oh, oh, the most important thing. At the very beginning of the show, when they show the audience members and they show them all like holding up signs and stuff, they actually, I cannot believe they left it in, but they had a game of roses reference on a sign that they actually showed. Obviously they have all the power to edit all that stuff in or not put it in, put it in. There's a million signs. They chose, it was a sign that had Jesse on it and an, on Game of Roses, they call him Dark Lord Palmer or DLP. Okay. And then it's, so it said DLP and it was a picture of Jesse. And then underneath that, it said something like in the pit or something, which is something close to that. I'm in the pit, go in the pit. We're in the pit. Something about being in the pit, which is Game of Roses sort of catchphrase. Like if you're a big Game of Roses fan and you are consumed with the bachelor, then you're in the pit. And they showed the sign. I haven't listened to Game of Roses podcast yet about this show, but I, I'm sure that's going to be like top, top of their list to talk about. That was amazing. Um, anyway, so then um, 
Brayden says that he never, he never knew the guys even had a problem with him until he watched the show back. Um, Sean says he was so glad when Brayden left because Brayden just made it the Brayden show. Um, and then all of a sudden they were just done with talking about Brayden and they cut to Sean and the beef that I don't even remember the guy's name, the beef that that one guy had with Sean at the Barbie date when, when Sean got like the extra time with charity on the pier. And then he came back and he was acting a bit cocky at the little like nighttime portion of that group date. And he bitched about him for a while. Again, this drama felt all so created, um, possibly not the Brayden, but even the Brayden, even though that was enjoyable. But I think this was just such a good guys that they really had to stretch for making drama or making people be sort of like villains. So, you know, then they had to carry it through on the show and they had to like bitch about each other for a while. So it was like, it almost felt like a token griping of each other because they knew that's why they were there and they had to talk about something obviously and what else are they going to talk about so they went through all this stuff i just have to say speaking of sean like when brayden described him as the prince from shrek i, I can't describe to you how like on point that comparison is like so on point. And I didn't, I noticed it during the show, but during this men tell all that guy's smile is so creepy and cartoony that I can't, I couldn't hardly watch. Like it's such a, like, you know how, like when, like when cartoon, like princes and cartoons smile and it's this massive smile where you can see both their upper and lower teeth. And then like a little, a little like shine, like glimmer goes ding you know, from their tooth because they're so shiny and white and have such a big smile. That's so Ken. When he smiles, he's the only person I'm doing this. Huh? Can you tell us how I'm talking like that? He's the only person that smiles and you can see his top and bottom lip. And it almost makes, I mean, teeth, but it almost makes it look like he drops his bottom lip on purpose so that you can see his bottom teeth too. And like, he has the biggest, it's not big and wide. It's like big from top to bottom lip. Does that make sense? Like, oh my God, it's just, he feel like he is animated, like, blah. Um, okay. So anyway, I thought that was fun. Um, so let's see, then we get the story about the, okay. Like it was like another pilot Pete. So we all thought maybe he would go far because he was a pilot. His name was Peter. So it'd be like, obviously the pilot Pete, the lead pilot Pete. Well, he went home the first night and, um, I had never heard anything about this drama and I don't even know if it was talked about on social media or not, but apparently after the show, um, wrapped the cast had like a big zoom call with everybody. And after the zoom call is when everybody, I guess said, okay, now we're going to all go post our profile, like our bachelor profile pictures to our Instagram feed. And then they all did their own little caption. And apparently like 14, 15, 16 of them did their little caption and then spaced down a couple spaces and then put just capital F F capital P. And, um, so this Pete guy was actually having like saying some kind of comment about the whole Sean drama. And then someone was like, who the hell are you? Oh yeah. You're the guy that went home the first night. And which 
segue very nicely into talking about this issue. So Jesse brings it up and says, yeah, you had some drama after the show wrap. Can you tell us about it? And he, he told that there was a Zoom call and that this FP was listed on like those guys's um, posts and that Braden called him and told him, Hey, I just want to let you know that FP means fuck Pete. And so he was like, you know, I was really hurt. And I was like, I didn't understand why that I thought that was so like really mean. And, you know, what are like all my family and friends going to think about it? It just really hurt me because I didn't understand what that was about. And why would they barely even knew me? Why would they say that about me? Blah, 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 blah. And a couple of them, including Xavier, were like, you know, I that was that was not cool for us to do that. We shouldn't have. But a couple of them, including Caleb, the pro wrestler, and a couple other guys were like, dude, you like apparently their side of it was that he was like a total ass on the first night and he was super cocky and that he was like sticking his chest out and that he was just kind of a douchebag and apparently saying fuck you to a lot of the guys and um I don't know. Apparently they're saying he's a big douchebag and that he, in the zoom call, he was the first one that like asked the question, like, how are we going to, um, what are we going to do about endorsements and how are we going to monetize on all this and blah, 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 blah. And they were like, dude, you went home like the first night and you're the one that's wanting to know about endorsements. Like that's just dumb. And, um, so they're going back and forth. So I guess it was like a two-sided story, but e either way, most of the guys apologize for even doing it because but he was trying to say that, you know, like really hurt him because like his parents saw it, like his church and his community. And they were like, dude, like if Braden wouldn't have told you, nobody would have known what FP meant and no one would have questioned it. No one would have thought, oh, I bet that means fuck Pete. Like, no one would, which is true. I have to agree with that. Like nobody would have known had it not been brought to his, his, to his attention. It's not like his parents are going to go, oh my God, I wonder if that means fuck Pete on there. So like, um, anyway, I, I, I felt like it was his way of like getting a little bit more attention and he did not necessarily argue when the guys were talking about him talking about endorsements and monetizing on stuff and all that. But um, anyway, that was drama I had never heard about that they talked about that I thought was kind of impressive, not impressive that they talked about it, but interesting. And something that I was interested in hearing, it actually rewound it to hear more about it because it wasn't just the classical blah, blah, blah. They didn't just leave it out because maybe a lot of people hadn't heard about it. So whatever. I didn't hate that they were talking about it. Um, all right. So then we come back and Brayden actually gets the hot seat and um he just said again that getting married at the end of this given all the drama wasn't something he could do and that you know he came on the show thinking he maybe could do that but that it just wasn't for him and um the guys questioned like once he left they questioned why he actually like came back that one evening um, like they said, it was totally pointless. And I keep thinking like, don't you understand that it was not his idea? I would bet any amount of money that he didn't care about coming back that the producers like, look, we have to have some more drama in this show. So Brayden, like, don't you feel like that kind of ended on a bad note? Maybe you should go back, you know? Um, 
And so that was complete producer, like set in motion completely. Um, So, you know, it's part of the show. It's fine. They have to make an interesting TV show. I always think it's interesting that like Brayden just has to go along with it and act like he's taking the blame for like doing all that and thinking all all that and completely carrying that out on his own because he did not. Um, And then (laughs) he... I, again, I just felt like he was being real. He was just saying, like, I didn't feel like it could get down on one knee. Not, not many people are going to be able to. But um, they there was that part, and I remember it specifically from that night, but then I also remember it. Well, then they also showed it tonight. But, like, whenever they were finally, he gets on the bus, and they're all about to get in a fight and everything, and Aaron B. is like, go, just he he's saying it as if he's saying it to the um, bus driver and he's like, just hit the gas, get out of here. We don't need, we want to run, run him around anymore. And, um, and he's and like turns around to the audience. He goes, just so everybody knows when Aaron said that um, the driver was supposed to hit the gas and leave, he goes, um, there was like no driver. There was no driver sitting in the seat. There was no one even there. So Aaron was just like yelling to nobody to hit the gas, which I thought that was classic. And again, I can't believe they let that in the edit because really that's like a behind the scene fourth wall kind of thing a little bit where they're actually obviously setting a scene up to some extent and having that bus sit there for the sake of this like fight and no one's even in the bus, but yet it, it's like, acting to an extent. And so I don't know. I just think that's a fun behind the scenes thing that was really funny. They kept in. And it's funny that, that, uh, Braden said that out loud. Um, then he brought Jesse clip on earrings, which he put on. And I thought it was quite funny because then Jesse let him on, like kept him on the rest of the, 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 uh, segment. Um, but then he announces that Braden, we will see Braden on sand um, AKA in paradise. And they actually show a scene from paradise. So apparently paradise is filmed already. Either it's totally filmed or it's getting to the very, very end, but apparently, so anyway, they show a scene where he actually is laying on one of the little beds with cat from Zach season. And they're, um, they're, you know, getting a little intimate, they're kissing, they're flirting. And, um, when it comes back, Brain's like laughing and he's like, almost like boyishly, like giddy. Like he's like, looks real happy and it. I don't know. So curious if that, like that they chose that particular scene to show, cause I'm sure there's a million scenes with Brayden that whether they're teasing us to make us think they're together or whether maybe they actually are already together. So well, I guess they must be done filming if Brayden's like back and was doing the mental all. So anyway, uh, I have to talk about, actually, I'm going to interject right here. Let me see how much time I have left. Um, yeah, I'm going to stop and I will be right back because my 30 minutes is almost up. So be right back. Oh my God. So I'm recording this in the evening and I was running the, I'm a little out of breath, sorry, because blah, I, um, was running the sprinklers. We have a set in the, doesn't matter. I went to go turn them off and oh my God. Ooh. So I have a big fear of 
frogs. I hate them. I hate, ugh, I hate them so much. And it's dark. So I had a flashlight. Ugh. I had a flashlight that I, cause I, it was dark. So I had to go turn the sprinkler thing off and where it is. I had to have a flashlight to find my way in the dark and, um, didn't expect it, but like had to walk through like this, like little kind of grassy area where we have landscaping. So it's real like lots of greenery. And of course the sprinklers like had been on. So it was really wet and I turned the sprinklers off. Ooh. And I had to walk down this path that led to the how back to the house. And oh my God, there was probably like 10 frogs. It was like the movie birds only with frogs because there was like three right in front of me. And then there was two to the side of that. Wah! And then one of them started hopping and then the other one started hopping. And it was literally like being in a freaking horror movie. It was so disgusting. So then I like just deviated from the path because screw that. I literally would rather sleep out there than have to walk past those frogs. So I had to divert, just go in the yard to get away from them. But then I had this massive fear that there was frogs all in the yard. And then as I was walking into the yard, I see like three more frogs in front of the ones that jumped. What the hell is going on? Why are there all those frogs? And they were disgusting looking. I'm just, Ooh, I'm literally gonna have nightmares and I'm just have like the body creeps, you know, like when you like, I just can't like my body, my skin is just crawling right now. Sorry. I just had to verbalize that because I'm so disgusted and I keep, okay. Try to get your mind off of it. Bachelor, bachelor, I think bachelor. Blah. So disgusting. Okay. <sighs> Breathe. Move on. Okay. I also want to talking about bachelor in paradise. I also want to tell you what I've heard and I'm praying to God that this is not true. Um, I believe I mentioned this on a previous podcast, but somewhere I prior to what I'm going to tell you now, but prior, I think I talked about this before that I heard that the golden bachelor is only going to be on for like an hour and then it's going to start at like, so I'm in central time zone. So it's going to start at nine central 10 Eastern and I was like praying that that wasn't true because I, why, like, why would you have it on? Well, first of all, one hour, which I don't, I'm not going to argue about that, but I almost wish they'd all be only one hour, but, um, why, why only one hour for the golden bachelor? Why are you cutting him short? And then why at nine o'clock? That's so late. No, I mean, that's not going to help your ratings. Well, today I heard that there's a good possibility, um, that they're going to do the bachelor in paradise at seven from seven to nine. And then the bachelor, a golden bachelor from nine to 10. Holy crap. Don't they know that podcasters, how are you? So how am I supposed to recap two shows in one podcast? That's impossible. Okay. It's not impossible, but it's not ideal at all. So do you watch it all in one night? It, ugh, what a nightmare. That's just, please let it not be like that. I would so personally, I would much rather them just have the bachelor in paradise, even make it a shortened version, make it only like six weeks, start it like mid September, have it for six weeks, then mid October, start the golden patch bachelor, have it be six weeks. Even if you're going to cut it short, eight weeks, have it end mid December, like all the other shows do. And then 
be ready for the regular bachelor in January, right? Oh, I have a feeling that's not how it's going to be. Either they're going to air one on Monday and one on Tuesday, or they're going to air them all in one night. And either way sucks for podcasting's sake. I mean, even just reviewing. So I'm annoyed by that. I just have a bad feeling it's going to be one of the two of those. So we shall see. But they still didn't announce. They just said September as far as Bachelor in Paradise airing. And they didn't say anything about when the Golden Bachelor is airing. So still don't know. Okay. On to the show. Where were we? We were, let's see, we were Brayden. Okay. So then Xavier takes the hot seat and they show a recap of Xavier's time with her. And then they, you know, they go through the whole Xavier thing. Um, you know, it seems the consensus from sort of how we talked last week. And then also after listening to other podcasts, it's the pretty much the consensus of everybody that they feel like what really happened was that in the end, Xavier realized that, well, basically he self-eliminated and knew that he, by telling her about the affair was going to be basically just, um, sending himself home because of her having been cheated on in her previous relationship and that he did not, you know, see himself with her, but he didn't just want to tell her, screw off. I'm not interested. So he chose this route and basically, you know, she sent him home, but yet he self-eliminated. So I feel like he wanted to redeem himself a little bit on this show because he saw how, first of all, how they, I don't think, I mean, I don't think that they had to edit it any weird way because he said what he said, but the way it was viewed, the way people took it. Um, and I feel like he thought I need to redeem myself. So he definitely came back tonight and was trying to backpedal somewhat by saying he totally did see charity as his wife and that he did love her and that he just he said, I think he said, he said it once that night, obviously, but he said it a couple times tonight that basically his heart, I say basically a lot, don't I? I do. I'm sorry about that. If that's annoying, I'll try not to. Um, he said that his heart and his head did not agree that his heart, like his heart knew what it wanted, but his head was scared and wasn't sure that he could do this. Um, he says he stuck his foot in his mouth. Um, he also said he's scared of the feelings of not being reciprocated, the feelings of love. And because charity like didn't say it or hadn't said it or verbalized to him that, you know, he, that was a fear of his. And now, which this was the answer she was looking for. And I mean, he just didn't, you know, he can't, he didn't have to, he's not going to lie about it, but now he says he got a therapist because he knows that there's work he needs to do on himself. And so now he's in therapy at least. And he says, he just wants charity to be happy. So when we get back from the commercial, charity comes out in this super hot red, like suit dressed, stunning, stunning on her. Um, you can tell she's pissed. Like I, I, don't feel like this was put on. Like she seemed like she was still kind of pissed off about that whole thing. And mainly what she seemed pissed off about is that she believes that he 
she kind of said the same thing. Like she said, I think that you didn't feel like you had the same feelings for me as I had for you and that you didn't know how else to handle it. And so this is how you handled it and just told me about, you know, you cheating and that she feels like if he didn't have those feelings about her, he owed it to her to tell her way sooner than he did. She said, I don't believe that you just figured out that night that you didn't feel the same way about me. And I don't believe that it just happened that quickly. And so she thought it was unkind to not break that to her earlier and sooner and have her take him all the way to fantasy suites. Um, she, well, first of all, before she starts that conversation, um, he asked her if, um, let's see. Oh, so first, so before she talks to Xavier, sorry, I got ahead of myself. Um, Jesse has her address some of the other guys. So she addresses Brayden, she addresses Sean, and she addressed John, or they addressed her. They all basically, you know, gave her accolades, said it was such a pleasure to meet her, and that was such a great experience, and that she just made it all great for them. Um, Sean, <laughs> it was kind of funny. Sean was like, can I come, can I just come up there for a second? Because Jesse, Jesse was like, Sean, do you have anything you want to say or any questions? And he's like, can I come up for their second? And he didn't wait for an answer. He just came up and he sat next to her and she was like, oh, oh, sure. And he just really thanked her on behalf of all the guys and just said how great she was and, you know, whatever. And then Jesse goes, did you just invite yourself up here to the hot seat? Like, get, get out of here. Go sit back down. You can't just invite yourself. You had to be invited to the hot seat. You can't just walk up here. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Um, and then anyway, this is when charity said that, that she thinks that Xavier never really actually saw himself with her and she didn't understand why he waited to tell her. Um, Xavier says that there was no doubt in his heart, but in his head, he had the doubt, um, says that again, she asks, you know, why not bring it up to a fantasy suites? And she says, she doesn't understand why he said, I love you when I was putting you in the limo. Like, why would you wait till then? Um, she really does seem mad. He, he says here is where he says, I just wanted you, I felt like I owed it to you to know that I felt that way about you. And, um, he said, not knowing how she felt was hard, but she said she gave him that chance to clarify if that, and she did why they were having that little discussion. She was like, is it because you feel like I have not expressed my feelings to you? like, is that where your hesitancy is? And he was real quick to say, no, no, that's not it. So now you're saying two different things. Um, he says he thinks that about the conversation every day and sometimes sheds a tear. <laughs> that was funny. Cause again, if you remember, he's like somewhat monotone. And so he's like talking in this monotone way. And he's like, um, I think about this conversation every day and sometimes I shed a tear. Like you're like, well, <laughs> doesn't feel that way. Um, he genuinely saw her as his wife. He says he really messed up. And then he goes, um, I have something for you if you wait just a minute. So he goes off stage. Everybody's like, oh, what's he doing? Comes back. He knitted her a rose and he wished her the best and she wishes him the best. And it was all just ended kind of like, you know, beautifully. So you know, whatever she gave him her sort of 
peace of mind again. He backpedaled, was quite sorry for his actions and his words, and I all's good. Okay. So then um, we get an outtake reel from like the Barbie group date, which was not really that funny. Then we get an outtake reel from the dodgeball date, which actually was really funny because mostly it was like outtakes with the guys putting on the little speedos, which was quite humorous. Just the comments and their actions and reactions. I enjoyed that. And then they did bloopers, which this blooper reel, because sometimes the bloopers are like, why do they choose these bloopers? These were funny bloopers. These were like, you know, one time, like a whole part of the set just falls down. Um, they had, uh, now I'm blanking on like literally all the bloopers. Um, anyway, they were funny. Why am I blanking on what all the bloopers were? They had, um, oh, they had at the end, they had, uh, so it was, I think Charity was making out with maybe Tanner or John. And, uh, this was when they were doing the whole like Bigfoot thing and Jesse came walking up to them in the Bigfoot outfit and scared them. And then like, you know, took, took the hat off and was just like, Hey, it's, it's just me. And just like, just teasing with you. Go, go back to what you're doing. That's fine. I just, I need a burrito. <laughs> anyway, it was funny. I laughed. Um, anyway, it was a really good set of bloopers. I thought they were quite funny. Um, Again, with the bloopers, you can even tell that it would seem like just a really set of fun and funny guys that they had a lot of fun together too. Um, so yeah, it was fun. Then they show Captain Tom. He was there on that two-on-one date and, you know, you, they gave him like the subtitles because you couldn't understand what he said, but he was there and at the, at the mental all, like actually in the audience and they call him out, you know, they introduce him and, and uh, Jesse asks, asks him, you know, what he thought of charity and he keeps calling her chastity. He says, you know, that chastity and Jesse goes, it's charity. And she goes, he goes at chastity is <laughs> charity. I loved it. See, like the thing I like about the things that they left in, I feel like are, um, intentional, obviously they're intentional, but I, I think they were trying to give us a little better show because from what I always heard, this mental all is like a really long taping. Like I've heard anywhere from like eight to 12 hours, they actually tape. And, um, you know, we're only seeing like what with commercials and everything, maybe an hour and a half, probably at the most. And, um, the stuff they decide to leave in sometimes surprised me tonight. Um, but I thought that was funny. Uh, and then, so, so charity didn't give out a rose. And so Jesse asks captain Tom who he would have given a rose to. And then he decides Sean. So he gives Sean the rose and it was kind of cute. Then we had like a, um, little meeting with the OGs of the bachelorette world and Trista and Desiree and Deanna Pappas, um, come out to give charity their support. And, um, I liked the three of these girls. They seemed, um, they're just, again, they are, they're OGs. They're all probably 40 or over. Um, they all have more life experience. They all aren't about, uh, like, I don't know what, what do I want to say? Like, I, 
feel like they're old enough to be just sort of like classy and be sitting there and like give her true advice and not be so caught up in like the conjecture, the bachelor conjecture that other more recent leads feel like they have to put on a certain persona. Like it just felt like they were real and they gave like true advice that made sense. Like Trista, I always love listening to Trista cause she was like the first and she just super is I just so down to earth and real, but like she tells her that she thinks that forgiveness is so important that you really have to be willing to give forgiveness and mean it. Desiree says that they have to be very, very intentional to choose each other, especially right after the show gets done airing, um, because it's really, really difficult. Um, and then Deanna says that you have to remember who you are at your core and not to lose your voice and to just stick by, you know, yourself and your, 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 um, um, core beliefs. I guess I said that already, <laughs> but like, just be who you are and don't change that. Um, they all compliment charity a lot. What a great job she is doing and like how much they, um, they love how she expresses herself and, um, how she doesn't seem scared and she just seems brave and that she just articulates herself and explains how she's feeling like all those things. And that's all I agree. I like love her as a bachelorette. Let me see where I am. I, I'm almost done, but okay. Plenty of time. Okay. So then, um, we have Gary come out as the golden bachelor and they show this whole little like backstory taped little, um, who's Gary kind of like, they show him at home with his daughters and riding the four wheeler and they show him like having drinks with some friends. Um, they show him joking with them that he has passed all the STD and drug tests, which I thought was funny. And then he jokes in ITM that he's like, I, oh, I guess all I can hope is that like Helen Mirren is single and that she is like really excited to be on the golden bachelor. So that was really cute. Um, and then they asked, uh, so Anyway, okay, so then he comes like actually onto the stage, but it was a really good like backstory. So he tells a story about his wife, like actually what happened and what happened. They were married for 43 years, high school sweethearts. They had just bought a house on the lake and they closed on June 6th. Then right after that, she got really sick and she progressively got quickly worse. And she, it turned out to be this really bad bacterial infection. And she died on, I think he said July 17th. So it was just like, you know, a five weeks or so from the time she got sick to the time she died. And like, he legit started crying on his ITM about how hard it was and how, you know, it was like her dream to have this house on the lake and how he just missed her so much. And, oh, it was really touching. And, you know, yes, I have heard this rumor um, that supposedly he had an affair on his wife with somebody at work that, and maybe that it was like an emotional affair, but I don't know, but there's some rumor that he was unfaithful to his wife. I, whatever, I'm just going to choose not to believe that. And, you know, maybe she knew and they worked it out or something, you know, like I, I'm, I'm not going to, paint this 
up this season. I'm not going to tank this season because I just can't wait for it. And he seemed so sweet. And I really liked him tonight. I just thought he was so funny and seems like such a cute little, not little. I mean, he's like, he's tall. I mean, he actually does seem like the epitome of who they usually choose. He seems like a, like a, Clayton Eckerd, who is 70 years old, you know, or a Zach Shawcross or a Sean Lowe or any of the ones that look just like that. But he just seems like such a nice guy. So I'm going to choose to just like let his past be his past, whatever it may be. And let's, he seemed like he very much loves his wife and his girls and all of that. So there. Um, but he, um, Jesse asked him once he got on stage, if he knew that he was actually trending on social media for a while, social media for a while. And he said, um, if I knew what that meant, I feel like I would be really excited. <laughs> it's funny. And then, um, Jesse showed some tweets or, well, I guess they're not tweets anymore. Are they? They're like X's. What do you call them now? What, like when instead of saying, I, they, these are tweets, what do you, what do you, what's the terminology you use now? whatever. But like someone called him on bachelor in paradise a season or two ago, they kept using the word zaddy. Was it on bachelor in paradise? And I didn't, I never knew what zaddy meant and I, whatever, but they're calling him like he is someone tweeted him about him being like, what a grand zaddy or whatever. And everyone laughed. And, um, Jesse asked what, he's going to be looking for on that first night. And he said, you know, I think I'm going to be looking for that look in their eye that, oh gosh, I found my own grand zaddy. <laughs> he laughed. He goes, see what I did there? See what I did there? Um, they, they talked about whether there would be fantasy suites or not. And Gary said that, yes, there would be. And everybody's like, Ooh, and he's, then he was like, backed it up by saying, you know, it may look a little bit different, but we'll see. And then Jesse asks him if he thinks he can find the love of a lifetime like that twice. And he said, well, you asked if I can find a love of a lifetime like that. And he just, he says everything. Like he so has so much wisdom, you know, I mean, I guess he should, but like the, the way he answered the questions were, um, I, I felt like so genuine and like, it didn't sound rehearsed, but he said, you know, I'm not really, I, I won't know. I won't find a love like that because, you know, that was my, you know, wife of 43 years and I'm 70 years old now. So at 70, I'm looking for something like completely different than I was when I was in high school or college and I fell in love with my wife. So I'm just looking for someone to like complete the rest of my life with at this point. So he said, I just think that's going to look like something completely different. And we'll just like find our own sort of kind of love, um, which was brilliant. I mean, like that makes total sense. Um, uh, but he said, I don't, he said, I do believe I'll find that person, but I don't think it'll be like what I had with Tony, which is his wife. Um, so that was that. He was so cute. And like the guys, um, were still on stage and he was like, do you guys have any, um, like advice for me? And right away they were like, like, no, us have advice for you. Like you, do you have advice for us? And, you know, obviously just do what you do and be yourself and you're going to be totally fine. And we can learn everything there is to know about love from you because you were married for 43 years. And like, they were, you know, giving him all of this accolade and, 
um, support. And I thought it was super cute too, but, um, so that was that, that was really nice. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, it was a perfect amount of everything, like I said. Uh, so then they gave us a sneak peek at the rest of the season. Um, it totally looks like, okay, so I was wrong. I thought that this beginning of this show tonight would be Aaron B like getting sent back home again. It was not, it does look like she gives Aaron B another chance. This part I don't like this part does seem very, very produced. Like what are the chances she sends Xavier home and that magically Aaron B comes back. She actually even says, or they at least have her, well, you know what? They say it off face. So she's probably talking about Xavier, but she says, we don't see her actually saying it, but they have her saying, I'm in love with three great guys, which isn't probably fair because they could easily have been taking her, taken that phrase from when she was with Xavier. But nevertheless, they're going to make it look like now all of a sudden she loves Aaron B too. And she talks about having three guys. So apparently she's giving him another chance, which I kind of think is bullshit because I don't think he's going to win. If he wins, I'll be very sad. Um, and I also really think that this is going to be, uh, has there ever been a bachelor who's told three people that they love them? I don't, I'm not sure that there has been, but well, maybe did Clayton. Well, anyway, I feel like this is going to be really, really hard for who does win because she says, I love three guys and tells them to their faces how that she loves them many times. And for the person that actually does get down on knee and she's with now, how like that would suck watching this back and they make it look like she's so, 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 so torn about what to do and who to pick. Again, that's might be the previews and they might be exaggerating that, but it just seems like that's where they're, what they're going to make it look like. And for the guy that she, she's going to end up with to see all that, like that has to be extremely hard to start a relationship based on you also telling two other guys, you love them. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, ah, so whatever. Um, all right. So that's going to be next Monday night. Okay. I'm going to say this. I am going to visit Allie in New York next week. And um, Monday we are going to have visitors here from Missouri. So I am not going to, and I'm going to have to pack and get ready. So I'm not going to be able to watch the finale on Monday night. And I'm not going to be able to also podcast about it that night. Um, I have, I'm flying to New York on Tuesday. So I don't know at what point next week, but I am going to be podcasting watching it with Allie and then podcasting with maybe Allie and her roommates, but for sure Allie about the finale. So I can't tell you what day it just depends on how everything works out and plays out and what we're doing. Um, but I will get you a podcast on the finale next week at some time. And, um, so just look out for it and I know I always say I'm going to update you on my social media and I'm not the best at that, but I'll try to be better. But, um, yeah, just keep an eye out and, um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that though. This has been a really busy and fun summer. I just spent the weekend with my parents and had a lot of fun with them. I just got my hair colored a different, like a slightly dark or like, well, it's, it's a bit darker than it was. So I'm really excited about that. And, um, you know, it's, it's all good. Um, so yeah, I will, um, actually be podcasting from New York next week and I'm looking so forward to going there again and seeing the, 
Big Apple, I'm definitely going to be going to buy Carrie Bradshaw's brownstone. And I definitely feel like I'm going to be doing the friends experience this time and going to the Met. Those are three things I would really like to do on this trip to Seattle, just in case you're wondering. Um, whoo, I am rambling. So I'm going to sign off now. Um, my Bible verse for the night is Matthew 11 verse 28. And it is, then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. So thank you so much for tuning in and, um, go give me a five-star review. <laughs> I didn't look five-star rating. Please review me. I still haven't looked to see. Wow, Natalie, you do not carry through with shit. You have got to watch it. Um, if you can figure out how to give a review, do that. Subscribe, hit follow, tell your friends about it. Like help me out. So much appreciated. Um, hope you all have a great week and I will talk to you after the finale. Bye.